Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is entitled Becoming and was based on Colossians 1 24 through 29. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. What if the church in our region, what if the church throughout this country, what if the church throughout the world really reflected an accurate portrait of who Jesus is to their neighbors? What if we really loved like Jesus loves? What if we really sacrificed the way that Jesus sacrifices? What if we were really generous the way that Jesus is generous? What if we pursued justice with the passion that Jesus has vision for justice? Can you imagine how many people, especially in a culture where there's a lot of caricatures and misunderstanding about who Jesus really is? We've mentioned this many different times, but not all, but I think many people who reject Jesus reject a caricature of Jesus instead of the beauty of who Jesus really is. And the pathway to that is for more and more Christ followers to be on the lifelong journey of becoming more like Jesus. We're in a three-week sermon series exploring FBC's vision, belonging, believing, becoming. Let's say it together again this week. Belonging, believing, becoming. That the church would be the safest place for everyone to belong. And that when we belong, we begin to open our minds and our hearts up to to, to really see faith in action, to, to begin to ask questions, to begin to wrestle with who this Jesus really is, so that people have the complete freedom to really make a decision of if they're going to believe in Christ. But then we're on the lifelong journey of becoming more like Jesus. And so we're exploring uh, the third of those kind of vision statements, becoming. And it all really begins in Genesis, in the inauguration of humanity. We go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, where we read, God created humanity in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, God created them. Each of us, you, were created in the image of God. Every person we meet was created in the image of God. There's no exceptions to who's created in the image of God. And what that means is we have intrinsic value. You and I and the people we meet, even those people we don't like, have intrinsic value. Our value isn't found in how much do we contribute to the economy. It isn't what is our education status. It isn't what have we achieved at work. It isn't who is in our social circle. Although all of those can be beautiful things. Those aren't bad things. But when they become our identity, then we're chasing idolatry. We'll chase after those things our whole life and they'll never really satiate the deepest longings of our hearts. And so we're created in the image of God. Well, what does that mean? We have that tossed around. We're created in the image of God. We're in the imago Dei. Well, first of all, it means that we're spiritual. We have an eternal spirit. We have a hunger for spirituality. We have a longing for the divine. And that reflects that God is spirit, which is beautiful. It means God is not limited in any ways. We are because of our human bodies. God is spirit. We're also intellectual. God has gifted us with the ability to think, to reason, to make choices, 
to be creative, and that reflects God's complete intellect, and that God is creative and loves to create. It means we're also moral. There's good and evil. There's love and hate. There's justice and oppression. And that reflects how God is moral. God is often portrayed in, in Scripture. God is light. In God, there is no darkness. We're also relational. We were created for community. We hunger for relationships. Uh, when we're lonely, when we're, when we're alone, we're most vulnerable. Because we were created for community. And that reflects that God is relational. We see this. In, in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in perfect community. And how God longs for relationship with us. Not because God's lonely. Not for any needs. But because God wants to see us becoming complete with the vision that God has created us to be in relationship. But then the tragedy comes that sin infected the human race. That the, the worst virus of human history, sin, invaded humanity. And so the image of God wasn't removed, but the image of God was damaged, distorted, depraved. Uh, it might be kind of like if we see something beautiful, but it's out of focus. Uh, just kind of think of it like this. When we see a picture that's out of focus, we look at it, and, we say, and it's like when we look at our world, we see, ah, oh, we see some love, but it's, but it's not perfect love. We see justice, but it's sporadic, and, and it's here today and gone tomorrow. We see compassion, but it's never perfect compassion. So, so we see, but it's out of focus. It's been blurred. It's been damaged. It's been marred because of sin. When we think about ourselves, we have self-doubt, don't we, about our identity and our value because the image of God is out of, out of harmony. It's been damaged, depraved, wounded, broken. And so because of that, there's a battle that rages within us, isn't there? He, here's how it's described in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5, we read the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the Spirit, while the Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other. Probably all of us have felt that conflict, haven't we? Between good and evil, right and wrong, beauty and oppression, self-centeredness or sacrificial servant-heartedness. We feel that battle because the Imago Dei, the image of God wants to burst forth in all of its fullness, but it's, but it's been broken. It's, it's in bondage. It's imprisoned. It's, it's helpless to fully break through. And that's why Christ sacrificed his life on the cross. See, God, God could have just said, here's the rules. Try to make it to me. And none of us could have come close. And said, Jesus came. No other deity in human history. No other... God in human history has come in person, not to plunder or rape or take advantage, but to serve and sacrifice on the cross in order to defeat the dominion of darkness, to atone for our sins, to redeem our lives. Then we're on a lifelong journey of becoming more like Christ, of having that image of God slowly, some days with greater uh, breakthroughs than others for that image of God to begin to be restored more and more. But we might ask a question. What does that image of God look like? How do we know what that image of God looks like? Well, in Colossians chapter 1, we read something so powerful. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. See, how do we know who this invisible God is? 
What's the perfect image of God look like? Especially before our eyes in, in, in trying to figure out what, what is that like in my life? And so God became human in Christ to reveal who God is to the world. And so that, through that, we might begin to reflect God's character to our neighbors as imperfectly as we do it, that they might get a glimpse on earth as it is in heaven, that they might get a glimpse of what this kingdom of God is and who Jesus really is. It's, and so Jesus reflects God the Father perfectly. There's so many places throughout Scripture which really reflect this, but um, just kind of think about like a mountain scene, okay? Be- uh, a beautiful scene. And when we take a picture with a perfect reflection like this, we could turn it upside down and it would look the same, right? Matter of fact, you probably don't even fully know, is this right side up or upside down, right? And so the word in Colossians chapter 1 for the image that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God is the word apogsma in the Greek text. Remember, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. We translate it in languages of the world so that all peoples might know. It's the word apogsma. And it's the word for reflection of water. It's a perfect reflection. It's like saying, here's, here's God the Father, here's Jesus. Turn them upside down, they look the same, right? So in, in other words, Jesus perfectly reflects who God is to our world. So in other words, let's grasp this. When we talk about becoming more like Christ, what we're saying is that image of God is being restored in us more and more. As we allow God's Spirit to foster more Christ-like character and Christ-like relationships, and Christ-like servanthood in our world. And this has been God's vision since the beginning of time. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 writes about this. Those God foreknew, he planned to become conformed into the likeness of his Son, Jesus Christ. See, God's vision is that you and I would become conformed more like Christ. Now, this word conformed, that we become formed more into the likeness of Christ is a Greek compound word. It's the word sumorphos. Sum um, is a word for the same or similar. Morphos, probably we know, right, means, morphos means to be morphed, to be changed, to be transformed. So it's to be changed more into the likeness of something like a prototype. It would be like if we were in a studio And there's one perfect, there's one prototype. And everyone is crafting, painting, brush stroking the original. And so our lives we can think of as like, as like the potter shaping and molding and crafting our lives to be more like Sue Morphos, to be morphed more and more day by day, not to achieve any status with God, not to check off religious boxes, but in response to God's great love, that Jesus would sacrifice his life so our sins could be nailed to the cross. We're God's forgiven children. We we're, we're now have the identity of God's beloved children. Now we're growing up in that as Christ is shaping, crafting, and molding us to become more like Christ. And when we struggle, when that lump kind of isn't looking so good, that's when there's God's grace to bring us back home and and reshape us more 
like Christ. We might think about it like this. God is the sculptor of our souls. Christ is the perfect image, right? The, the prototype that we're being sumorphed, that we're being morphed more into. The Spirit is like the artist who's crafting to align our lives with God's truth. And the church is like the art studio where we're together. The safest place for people whose clay is lumped all kinds of different ways. And then together by God's grace, God's Spirit is shaping and molding and we're helping each other to be shaped and molded and crafted more like Jesus so that we might bring glory to God. And by the way, to bring glory to God just means it's like God's PR campaign, right? In other words, how does the world know who God is? One of the ways is when God's people are shaped more like Christ and our neighbors get a sip, uh, kind of a whiff of that. And they wonder, why are you serving? Why are you sacrificing? Why do you care? Why do you, why do you live together as a family like this? What, what, what is it? And they begin to see, or why are you sacrificing to care for me? And the reason is because we're being shaped more like the one who sacrificed to rescue you and me. See, that's the difference between being a Christian. Anybody can take the name Christian. But to be a Christ follower means I've devoted my life to become more like Christ. Now, here's passionate um, vision for this. I love how the Apostle Paul writes. I mean, wouldn't Paul be a great pastor to have? I mean, it'd be challenging, wouldn't it? I mean, he, he would sometimes get in your face lovingly and say, ah, 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 right? But I love this. Here's his heart. And here's God's heart, Galatians 4. Dear children, I am once again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Now, don't panic. I'm not going to put up an image of childbirth to bring this up. We're not going there, okay? The pains of childbirth. For one of our children, Carolyn, uh, went through 32 hours of labor. I was exhausted at the end, okay? But I can't imagine Carolyn, right? But I was there through the whole thing. And See, here's sometimes spiritual growth can be painful. Sometimes it can be like childbirth, where there's these pains as we're delivered. But then there's this joy and this gratitude and this beauty that can shine. So when there's times that you feel God is either allowing us to go through some things, or is convicting us because of our sin, or is pointing out stuff in our lives. If you're a child of God, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, God's Spirit is never doing that to condemn us. We need to wipe that tape out of our minds. Doesn't that age me a tape? Okay, we've got to take that, whatever it is, out of our minds. Instead, we need to recognize, God, you're shaping me to be more like Christ. And this might be kind of like the pains of childbirth, but I want to be birthed more and more. I want to more and more be shaped like Christ. And Paul wants this so passionately for these people that he feels like he's experiencing the pains of childbirth, mentoring and nurturing them toward becoming more like Christ. Let's remember this. The Christian faith is not just rules and regulations. Oh, there's God's laws, and those are important, and we want to be abiding by those. 
but they're not arbitrary laws like speed laws. Okay? See, each of those laws reflect the character of God. We're called to love because Christ is love. We're called to forgive because Christ forgives. We're called to be compassionate because Christ is compassionate. We're called to, 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 to pursue holiness light because God is light and there's no darkness. So, so they all reflect God's character and it's training us to be shaped more like Christ. But it's not just arbitrary rules and regular, all right, I'll check off this box. Instead, we're responding to God's grace and we're learning to reflect God's character, to bring joy to God's heart and as a witness of God's grace to our neighbors. See, now let's remember, now, there is beauty in all the religions of the world, but let's remember this. In Islam, it is about, did you obey enough laws? Buddhism is primarily, did you achieve wisdom, God consciousness? Hinduism, did you follow the traditions? They're all human effort to measure in different pathways. But the Christian faith is, I accept this gift of Jesus on the cross, and now I'm striving to, in relationship, reflect the beauty of the God who I worship. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. It's far more motivating, isn't it? And God, i got to get you off my back, all right? I'll give enough, serve enough, show up enough, I'll do enough, or whatever. And it's like, no. Just enjoy being my child. And know that sometimes it'll be like the pains of childbirth for me to shape you and mold you and, and have you align your life more like Christ. So here's what this really comes down to. In Colossians chapter 1, we read, Christ is the one we proclaim, teaching everyone with God's wisdom so we might present everyone fully mature in Christ. And we talk about belonging, believing, becoming. Believing or becoming is becoming more like Christ. And here's the portrait. Here's... My primary calling as a pastor, the primary calling of the church for each other. Remember, we're called the bride of Christ. And Christ is, is like the bridegroom, the groom, and the church is the bride. It's like we're betrothed. We're, and, and really what we're doing is we're spending our lifetime walking down the aisle, preparing ourselves for the bridegroom, not to achieve status, but, but to grow more like Christ and, and be ready to be his pleasing child. And along the way, there's a lot of people we share life with who can see us walking down the aisle as we become more like Christ. And there will come this time, see, my greatest calling as your pastor is to prepare all of us for that time when we will step forward and there will be in, in, in eternity the great wedding banquet. And we'll celebrate together, Amen. And the church is like an, an art studio where we're helping each other to be crafted more like Christ. We're helping each other when we, when we struggle, when we fall, to help lift each other up, to help bring each other back home, to, to help to be Christ-like to each other so we might live more Christ-like to the world around us. Belonging, believing, becoming. Belonging, may the church be the safest place on earth for the messiness of grace to be experienced. For people to say, I feel home here and I think I'm ready to check out who this Jesus is. To believe, to come to that place, because all of us are called to come to that place to make a decision about the costly sacrifice of Christ for us. Will we receive that 
Or will we walk away? And then finally, to become more like Christ. It's messy, it's difficult, it's challenging. There'll be times when we'll disappoint each other. Because you see, we're an art studio. We're not a gallery of finished paintings. We're an art studio together on the journey. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamers.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.